And welcome on in to the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. George Bremer and Ryan Hickey here with you as always. If you're checking us out for the first time, make sure you do subscribe to YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Pod, or check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Blue Horseshoe Podcast. We are the bright blue logo. That is our brand new feed where every single new show we record today and moving forward will be on that feed. So check it out, subscribe, download, and tell your friends about it as well. All right, George. The Indy 500 here is two weeks away. So I figured kind of, you know, to get us in some sort of mode, let's play a little game. Let's have a little fun. Let's keep the good vibes going here and play a little game. The name is is the one I made up so I can say it. It's pretty corny, I will admit, but it's the best thing we can come up with right now. Let's play a little game of true or blue. We have 10 statements about the Colts to make kind of 2023 early predictions. And we will say whether the statement is true or whether it's blue, right? Blue, obviously, is the Colts' colors, but also, too, it means sad. You don't really believe in it. So we're going to use more of that definition of blue and say we disagree with the statement. With our track record last year, our picks, these are all guaranteed, obviously, to be right. So hey, we're going to roll, though. We nailed Anthony Richards staying at four. We had Anthony Richardson staying at four. We nailed that. I don't want to say it was the coach and quarterback, but the Colts have gotten a new head coach, gotten a new quarterback, and the calendar has turned to 2023. I think this might be the year the Blue Horseshoe Pod, George. I think this is the year where we are nailing our predictions. We're undefeated so far. <laughs> one and oh, hey, I'll take it. It's a win streak, right? Some people say you got to win two or three in a row. We're going to go no. one in a row here. We're going to keep the bar very low, and we're going to give you 10 statements that are guaranteed to be right, impossible to be wrong, for the 2023 season. Let's start, George, with Anthony Richardson, week one. Here is a statement. Is this true or blue? Anthony Richardson will start week one for the Colts against the Jaguars. I'm going to go with true on this one. Um, I I just feel like we talked about it uh, a lot, really, the last few weeks, that his number one thing that he's missing is experience. And the only way he gets that is to play. So, again, unless he's – unable to like call protections or there's some reason that that you have to believe that he can't defend himself out there. That's the only thing that would keep me from, from, you know, playing him. And really, you know, I want to talk about this real briefly. Anyway, and this question is a great, great chance to do it. I feel like people kind of look at at the, the ceiling and, and that's what we talk about all the time with this kid. The floor is a little bit higher than I think maybe we all originally believed because of that running ability but also because he's a, he's a pretty natural passer. And before I really got into looking at him and, and watching film, you you watch, you look at the completion percentage and you think there's probably a whole lot of work to be done there. Like, I don't think it's as ugly as, as you think going in. There are some reps that are pretty bad. But it's not – I don't think it's a total overhaul in his passing game. You know, it, a lot of it comes down to footwork. Um, I think his hips, you know, he just needs to kind of understand – how to move and, and when to you know make the right thrust, uh, which a lot of young quarterbacks do. It's it's nothing new. But his deep ball is so advanced that I really think it's – and also, like we talked about last week, these guys that everyone talks about sitting, Aaron Rodgers is sitting behind Brett Favre. Patrick Mahomes is sitting behind Alex Smith, who's not on Brett Favre's level, but had been to the playoffs like two or three times in a row leading into that. Kansas City was a team with high expectations – this is Gardner Minshew, who was 0-2 last year with the Eagles, and a team coming off a 4-12-1 record. That It's not the same situation that Mahomes and, and Rodgers were stepping into. I just, To me, it makes all the sense in the world to put him out there right away, unless 
he can't defend himself. And there's no indication that that'll be the case right now. I like how we're focusing on hip thrusts as one of the, the areas to look at this year. Only get that areas. here. <laughs> That's true. So hope scouts, I hope you're listening. Let's watch the hips and watch how he thrusts going forward, his throwing motion. But you're right. Even a more recent example, Trey Lance, a guy who only started one year, just like Anthony Richardson, he sat behind Jimmy G, who is better than Gardner Minshew. And also he went to a, a team in the 49ers that uh, two years ago or, or two years before the draft was in the Super Bowl and still were a playoff caliber team that went to the NFC title game that year. So the Colts are nowhere near that stratosphere of recent quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round that sat for at least one year. Those were all playoff teams with established starters. This is Gardner Minshew. The last time he was a full-time starter went one in 15 in Jacksonville and paved the way for the Jaguars to get Trevor Lawrence. He is not going to be the reason why Anthony Richardson is going to be on the bench. And I think you're hundred percent right. He is more advanced in areas that quarterbacks need to be comfortable in to start right away. The accuracy obviously needs to improve, but in terms of pocket presence, in terms of just comfortability, that's the guy that I think already you can see is checking the boxes. And so as long as he's just not totally overwhelmed by the playbook, which so far does not seem to be the case, and he at least knows, like you said, how to protect himself, knows how to make checks of the line, and can run a decent chunk of the offense, I'm with you. I do think we will see him out there week number one. And it's not like the schedule is a murderer's row to start where you're playing three or four playoff teams in a row where you have the Eagles defense, the 49ers defense, like coming into town. And it's one of those where, okay, that's a really tough challenge for any player, let alone a guy making his first start. Maybe we'll put Gardner Minshew out there, let him take a beating for a game or two, and then put Anthony Richardson in in week three or four. The Jaguars are a good team. They're a playoff team. They should win the, the division this year. But it's not like this is the 85 Bears defense where you're really worrying about him just getting completely overmatched and having no chance whatsoever. So I'm with you, Anthony Richardson, starting week one. A true statement from you, a true statement from me. Okay, looking ahead to question number two. Obviously, I think this is obvious, Anthony Richardson on offense is the most important player for the Colts this season. That's not the statement. The statement is going to be this. Jonathan Taylor is the next most important player behind Anthony Richardson on offense in 2023. True or blue? This is a hard one. I'm going to go with blue. Uh, not because I don't think Taylor is important, because I absolutely do. I think there's probably four or five guys that, that you could throw out there, make a really good case for. I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond for the simple fact that he's the blindside protector. And we talked earlier, you want your rookie quarterback to develop good habits. So you don't want him putting his eyes down, worrying about the pass rush on every snap. And if Raymond is not able to hold up his blind side, he's not going to get comfortable. He's not going to watch the field the way he should. He's going to develop bad habits. Now, that being said, young quarterback's best friend is a running game. If Jonathan Taylor can return to Jonathan Taylor of 2021, uh, then you've really, I don't know, you could have a better best friend. For, for Anthony Richardson and obviously the combination of them on RPOs and some of the things that they can do in the backfield, uh, the play action element that's going to come as a result of Jonathan Taylor, all those things are hugely important. I think you could make Michael Pittman in this spot, um, you know, in a contract year, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys that you could pick. I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond because someone has to make sure that Anthony Richardson isn't getting hit on every play. That is true. Keeping your young rookie quarterback upright has to be a major priority for this team. I will say the statement is true, though, because you mentioned before, Jonathan Taylor should be the, the easiest way and the most efficient way to get pressure off of Anthony Richardson and make his life, especially early on, easier. 
if Jonathan Taylor can return to his healthy form in his 2021 form where he led the NFL in rushing, was a touchdown machine, if he is establishing the run, especially early in the season, that takes so much off Anthony Richardson's plate and opens up the area that he does really well, the deep ball. Now, all of a sudden, play action is open for Anthony Richardson, and now you can take deep shots to maybe Josh Downs or Alec Pierce and really now put the defense in conflict constantly and really kind of help Anthony Richardson get off to a good start by having him work in what he's comfortable with. Like I said, he's very comfortable throwing the deep ball. It's more advanced than you would think. It's more advanced than even the stats let on. When you look at his completion percentage, you would think, okay, this guy's not very accurate anywhere. And you would think he the accuracy would be the problem down the field and the shorter throws would be easier. It's really the reverse of him. So if you are able to get the run game established, take a lot off Richardson's plate and make his development a little simpler where you're not putting the weight of the world on his shoulders, I would say for me that's the best way to make sure Anthony Richardson kind of develops the best um, and has the most success he can early on in his career. So I will say Jonathan Taylor, yes. To me, most important player after Richardson, you're going Ryman. I like that one. Let's stick. A couple, a couple things to support your argument, though, real quick. I think Richardson led – I think I saw he led college football last year with a like 14.9-something average per completion. Um, so, again, the deep ball is, is where it was coming. But also, we've seen teams the last, what, five years or so replace the short – replace the running game with short and intermediate passing games. Could we see the Colts do the reverse and replace the short and intermediate passing game with the run game? I like that. That's a good point. I think so. You're right, especially if that's an area that he's struggling with. Right. If you can get four and a half, five yards of carry from Jonathan Taylor, why not, right? It's just a thought, you know, as you were saying that, it came to mind. I'm like, you know, I'll just throw that in there. I like that. I like that, George. You mentioned Bernard Ryman's name. Let's talk about him. He's going to go into camp, right, as the left tackle. And we presume, barring an insane trade that we don't foresee happening, Bernard Ryman will be the Colts' left tackle for week number one. Okay, so is this statement true or blue, George? Bernard Ryman will have a breakout season number two for the Colts. It better be true. I don't know how it's going to end, but the Colts are going to need it to be true. I think there's reasons to believe it. Uh, He really was coming on at the end of the year. I think that's a big, big factor. And he talked with us last week, uh, you know, during media availability, and you could tell that – even during the year last year, we knew it was a hard year for him. It was a hard year for everybody on the roster, but he really took it seriously. And I think there were moments he had to kind of overcome some frustration um, because rookie year wasn't going the way that he'd hoped. But you can tell that, that some things clicked, and he was just talking about getting more comfortable, understanding like how the guys around you are playing, understanding how the snap count goes. You know, just the rhythm of the game, I think, is is what sort of allowed him to kind of come on late in the year. And I think he feels like, you can build off that now this year. I think it's going to be good for him having a young quarterback and a young offense around him. Also, this being the first year in an offense. Last year, he's a rookie walking into, what, year five of, of Frank Reich's scheme. Now he's on the same page as everybody else, year one with Shane Steichen. Um, and, I, you know, there, there's reason to believe. Is he going to be a pro bowler? I don't know if I can go that far. But I do think you're going to see him take a, a significant jump this year and have something that we could call a breakout year. I guess it depends what you define a breakout year. Like, I think this is someone who's going to hold down the left tackle spot all season long. And I think around this time next year, we'll be talking about Bernard Raymond as a reliable left tackle. Still not a top five sort of guy, but I think someone that you feel very confident in going forward of, okay, this is a guy that absolutely can get the job done bare minimum. 
and he's not going to be a turnstile like we saw with Matt Pryor or even with Eric Fisher at times as well. So I would say that, like, this is an ambiguous question, so it's a little tough. Like, would you define that as a breakout year in terms of going into 2024 feeling like, okay, we got, like, we feel very good about where it is and we feel like this is a lockdown? I think that's the key. Yeah, I think that's what I would consider to be. Because I think you want to, in January, feel like the, the question's answered over there. You know, right. That that's like as you said, reliable is a really good word. I think you want to come away from this year feeling like you've got a reliable left tackle. You don't have to worry about that in the draft or free agency. If that happens, I'll consider that a breakout year for Ryman. Okay, that's the definition. I'm with them. We are both on that statement of Bernard Ryman having a breakout 2022 se- or 2023 season as a, a true statement. Let's let's continue with the breakout theme, George. So we've talked about Anthony Richardson being a natural passer, and we've talked in previous podcasts. If you missed it, check it out, Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube or wherever you get your pods, um, about the style of offense the Colts should run with Anthony Richardson and how it maybe should be more pass-happy than you would think with a guy coming out of Florida. So if this is a passing offense, they're going to throw the ball more than you think. Here's the next statement here. Josh Downs will be the second leading receiver on this team in terms of receptions. Not yards, receptions in 2023. True or blue? That was a really tough one, too, because he's going to have to beat out Isaiah McKenzie to be that slot receiver spot. I think that will happen, and I'm going to go with true on this one for the simple fact that I think teams very quickly are going to want to take away the deep ball from, from Richardson. If I was a defense coordinator facing him, I'd be dropping eight guys. I'd have a spy and I would be trying to take away that deep threat because that's the way he's going to beat you the most expediently. You know, he's going to throw it over the top of your defense to, to Pierce or Pittman, and then what do you do? You know, it's over. They've scored, and and you've lost the, the series. So I think they're going to try to drop people back in coverage and, and take that away, and I think Downs is going to have a lot of opportunities in that short to intermediate game. Now, we just got done talking about that's where Richardson struggles, but I think he and Downs – already even a rookie minicamp are starting to to forge a little bit of connection and downs catches everything i think that's why this was such a really good draft pick he catches everything and so i think you're gonna have a guy who very quickly richardson's gonna look at him as a security blanket we'll see i mean anything can happen this is still may so this is all speculation but i can very easily see josh downs becoming the security blanket in this offense make a read it's not there. Where's Josh Downs? I'm going to throw out the number one. I think there's a really good chance he may even lead the team in receptions. I'm, I would agree. I think this statement is true for a few reasons. Number one, you mentioned, like, it's funny. We were talking about after Anthony Richardson's first rookie minicamp practice. And one of your bigger takeaways was the fact that it was like, okay, Richardson was impressive, but this kid, Josh Downs, is is a vacuum. Anything's in his area coat. He's just sucking it up and catching the ball. And that's especially for a quarterback right now with accuracy inconsistency. That is huge to have a guy that's basically a stick'em sort of target where you throw it anywhere in his wingspan, he's going to come down with it. I think that's going to be a relationship that develops quickly. You know, we already seen him outside the hotel before even practices start, already starting to develop chemistry. And that's going to carry into the season. And I do think this question is is worded specifically in terms of receptions because we talked about the deep ball. I do think Alec Pierce will have more receiving yards. Then Josh Downs, because I do think that they're going to hit the deep ball early and often. Um, that's not a sustainable where you're going to hit that five times a game for 20 yards, you know, to Alec Pierce every time. So I think his volume of catches will be down compared to Downs. 
no pun intended, but I do think the uh, yardage will be up for, for Pierce, but yeah, especially too, like, even though that's an area that Richardson excels at throwing the deep ball, it's still, you're going to be facing third down and seven, a lot, third and eight. And like you mentioned, defenses are going to, I'd assume, take away Michael Pittman Jr. first and foremost. That's the most established receiver. That's a guy who especially is built tough and built for those third down, moving the chains receiver. He's not really a game breaker with speed or a, you know, a massive physical specimen like Calvin Johnson. He is that reliable third down guy that will get you a lot of the over the middle tough yards that mostly you get on third down when you're trying to move the chains. So that should mean a lot of one-on-one in the slot for Josh Downs. You see his speed, you see his elusiveness and his crisp route running. I think it's going to lead to a lot of open looks, good hands. I'm with, I think in terms of receptions for 2023, I do think uh, I'm with you here. Josh Downs will be uh, the second leading receiver uh, I will say behind Michael Pittman Jr., I do think that he'll still be the leader in terms of catches, but I do think uh, Downs will be right there, number two, and, and be a really, really good connection so far between Richardson uh, Richardson and Downs. You mentioned talk- that, that deep ball offense, and I just have visions of the original Tech Bowl, you know, and just have Richardson run as far back as he can on every drive and then just throw it over the top to Pierce for touchdowns at every snap. Why not? It worked on Tech Bowl. Go for it. And it was a rare sight last year, George, a very rare sight. So it'll be a welcome, welcome addition to see the ball carry more than 20 yards in the air at a time. That first deep ball might get a standing O. <laughs> Literally might. Even if it's 20 yards overthrown. Wow. Yeah. That was the first time we saw that in a long time. Woo. It's back. <laughs> Can't roll it uh, out. That is, that is true. That's a bonus that is- for blue. The first deep ball will get a standing O. <laughs> I would say true. I'm with you there. I think it's absolutely, <laughs> I'll be doing it for my living room. That is a, that is a hundred percent sure. A hundred percent true. All right. Let's talk about this statement, George. It's been rough for first round rookie quarterbacks making their transition to the NFL in recent memory. Out of the last six quarterbacks that have been taken in the first round, five, five out of the last six in their rookie year have had more interceptions than touchdowns. The only quarterback that didn't, was Trey Lance, and he only made two starts, so that's a small step, but I was going to take that out and not include it. So, really, the last five quarterbacks that have started, let's say, a majority of games have had more interceptions than touchdowns in their rookie year. So, the statement is, Anthony Richardson will have more touchdown passes than interceptions in his rookie year. I'll go first here, George. I will say the statement is blue. I do think that that trend is not an accident. I do think it is tough to make the adjustment in your first year. There's a lot of very smart defensive coordinators that really trick rookies early on um, and and have their eyes deceive and get them confused. And as Sam Donald once said, have them seeing ghosts. And for Anthony Richardson, where there's accuracy concerns, where there's at times decision-making concerns, I do think that's going to carry over where I think we will see more interceptions and touchdowns in year number one. I don't think that's a big reason to panic. I don't think that's a big reason to freak out that the Colts got the wrong guy. But I do think that's a trend that we have seen now from a lot of guys, Trevor Lawrence included in that, Josh Allen included in that. I don't think that's really a a, a reason to sound the alarm and start panicking. Oh, sorry. I just think that's right now an early trend for guys having a rough, rough go of it early on. So I will say that that's a trend that will continue. The statement of Anthony Richardson having more touchdown passes than interceptions, I will say is blue to start for 2023. How about you? Yeah, I got to agree with you on this one. And I think it's part of why when we talk about having patience and, and managing expectations, this is part of it. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. And the Colts have already said that. And the owner came out and said 
it's probably going to be more bad than good uh, right away, but they still think it's in the best interest to get him on the field and let him play as much as possible. Um, that's It's just part of the game. Like you said, the defenses are good. Defense coordinators are good. There's going to be times that he's fooled. Um, there's going to be times where defenders just make a play. And it happens in this league. You made the right choice. You made the right read. And the other guy just made an NFL play and took the ball away. Um, now, I do think, I will say, I think he may have more total touchdowns than interceptions. I think when you throw in the rushing touchdowns, he may score more touchdowns and may produce more touchdowns than interceptions. But I, I think on the passing side, it's what we see. It's a trend that I think is real. And again, I think it's why you hear so much talk about be patient, manage those expectations. There's going to be rough moments. There's no doubt about it. Right. And you rarely like it's truly the exception, not the rule of seeing rookie quarterbacks come in and dominate right away. So it's like that should not be expected, especially for a guy of Anthony Richardson's caliber, where there's still consistency concerns and a lot of room for growth. You should not be sitting here thinking we're going to get Patrick Mahomes 2.0 uh, in his first year and have all the success in the Colts be this dark horse playoff team or even a team that's, you know, competing for anything in uh, in 2023. So a, a quarterback, George, that Anthony Richardson gets compared to a lot is Josh Allen. Similar build, similar questions coming out of college. And you look at Josh Allen's rookie year, accuracy concerns as well. He had a 52.8 completion percentage in his rookie year. So the statement is this. Anthony Richardson will have a higher completion percentage this year than Josh Allen's rookie year. So again, he will have a higher completion percentage than 52.8 in 2023. True or blue? I'm going to go with blue. I, I think, again, a lot of these are going to be deep balls, and those are hard to complete. You know, I think that's going to be part of it. I think early on, they're going to throw the ball deep. He's going to struggle on the intermediate throws. Just from what we can expect from what we've seen. And so I think you're going to see a lot of big plays, but you're also going to see a lot of three and outs. That That's my guess for this offense. Um, you know, I, I think you're just going to have, it's going to be both ways. It's just, again, it's part of the, the growing process that we're going to see here. So I think it's going to be in that range. You know, if it is above, it's going to be 53, maybe 54%. Uh, but I could see it being in the low 52 to 51% just because, um, I think he's going to take risks. I think that's something that, that we've seen from him. He hangs in the pocket. It's really surprising to me how many times he takes an incompletion, um, you know, when another guy with his skill set would run, you mm -hmm. know, where he will stay in the pocket and, and avoid two, three, four defenders and then throw it into a risky spot or throw it away, which is also going to be part of this too. I mean, if the, if the line doesn't improve, the throwaways are going to, you know, That's limit its percentage as well. So I'm going to say blue on this one uh, with context. I also like how you said it's going to be an explosion, you know, an exploding offense or it's going to be three and out. The time of possession this year does not seem to be in the Colts' favor. That's for sure early on. Like you'll see a lot of quick, quick offensive drives, either score or three and out, and a lot of time of possession in the 20s, maybe even the low 20s. So defense, I hope they're conditioned. I hope Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner are running off, eating the schedule, and they are ready to run and be on the field a lot because like, I, I would agree with that sense. I don't think the time possession is going to be in the Colts' favor a lot this year. I think the defense will see on the field a lot more than the offense. When it comes to those completion percentage of 52.8 and being better than that, I think this is a true statement. And that, to me, I'm putting more faith in Shane Steichen than I am even Anthony Richardson because I think Shane Steichen is going to develop an offense where – the reads will be simple. He'll put him in a position to succeed and make a lot of, especially early on, a lot of simple 
throws and a lot of simple reads and decisions where he won't be putting the ball in harm's way a ton or, you know, Shane Seck will be able to manipulate the defense to create windows or create reads that are simpler for Richardson going forward. So I will say that his percentage will be a little bit higher. Now I'm going to say 55%. I think it'd still be in the 50s, which is not great. But still, you know, again, we have seen quarterbacks, especially Josh Allen, improve their accuracy over time. So it's not like this is going to be the best it's going to be. And what you see in year one is what you're going to get for a majority of his career. But I will say that it will be a little bit above, and that's with more trust in Shane Steichen making the offense easier for Richardson than, than it is just him making a big jump in accuracy. And I'll put big in, in air quotes there. A big jump in accuracy from last year Florida to this year um, this year with the Colts. It'll still be a lot of hit or miss. Like I said, the deep ball, that's not a high completion percentage throw. Um, but I think we will get enough underneath uh, completions and improvement to bump that just a little bit above Josh Allen's rookie completion percentage number. All right. It is a low bar. That's a good sign. It is a low yes. bar. We're not talking about 60, 65. It's a little over half. Yeah, Keep the bar low, George. Was... Keeping the hey, bar low. Manage expectations. That is right. That is 100% right. That is one of the most important things for, for fans to remember this year. That's for sure. Well, we may just blow those expectations out of the water here. This next question, George. So, of course, FanDuel has put out their Rookie of the Year odds. Right now, Anthony Richardson has the fourth highest odds to win Rookie of the Year. He's a third quarterback, though. Bijan Robinson is number one. Bryce Young's number two. CJ Stroud's number three. And there's Richardson out there at number four. Now, this has been an award with a little context that has not been quarterback-friendly recently. The last rookie of the year to go to a quarterback was Justin Herbert back in 2020. Similarity there, coached by Shane Steichen. All right, George. So the statement is this. Anthony Richardson will win rookie of the year. I'll go first with this one. I'll say blue. I think despite the fact that, yes, you have the same coach that helped get Justin Herbert the last rookie of the year, and even despite questions of some quarterbacks and players in front of him, like Bijan Robinson, it could be an exciting year. I don't think it's going to be one of those explosive years where he wins Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud, I think, has no weapons around him whatsoever to succeed in year number one. But I think the Rookie of the Year is going to be Bryce Young. You got the right head coach with Frank Reich. You got Adam Thiel in a good veteran presence. You got Miles Sanders, a good running back. Again, a veteran running back that can kind of take a little bit of pressure off. Um, I think Bryce Young's in a position to succeed. He'll start week one. I think his, his learning curve from Alabama to the NFL is a lot lower. And then it is for Anthony Richardson going from Florida to the Colts. So I think he can have more immediate and early on success. So my pick for rookie of the year will be Bryce Young, which means the statement of Anthony Richardson rookie, uh, winning rookie of the year to me is a blue statement. How about you, George? I agree on, on the blue statement. Uh, I think Bryce Young's a really good pick. I think Carolina was a decent team last year, as we saw, especially down the end of the year. Uh, they really started to put things together when Steve Wilkes took over as, as the interim coach there. Uh, I think there's a lot more to work with. I think Bryce has natural playmaking ability. I like the Bijan Robinson pick from from the odds there. I think you know I think Atlanta's going to have if Desmond Ritter can put it together. I think Atlanta's going to have an explosive offense. I'm going to go with a dark horse though for rookie of the oh, year. Let's go. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's in a good offense in Seattle for him. And the track record lately of Ohio State receivers is pretty good coming in the league. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave just last year. Um, he was highly productive when he was healthy at Ohio State. I think Pete Carroll has shown before he put up big numbers with young receivers. 
I think he's sort of the uh, the dark horse. He's going to be my pick for for offensive rookie of the year. I like the Ohio State reference. You're 100 percent right. Now, if we get two straight Ohio State receivers winning rookie of the year, look, that's why wins in 2023 may not be that important. If you're the Colts and you can get yourself in the top five or top three, and you get <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe you can make it three Ohio State wide receivers in a row, George, winning rookie of the year. I, there are people who would sell their children, I think, in Indianapolis, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's hyperbole. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a player as desired, uh, you know, prior to a draft, prior to his last season in college. Uh, obvious connection there. And, and then he's really good. So I get it. Is one of those people Jim Irsay? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it looks that way. Uh, I think he's trying to tamper already with Marvin's dad. I don't know how that works. You know, trying to work at broker a deal. Hey, just don't sign anywhere else. Can <laughs> you do that? Does it work that way? Just walk in there and say, hey, just tell him you're not going anywhere but Indy. Hey, John Elway forced his way out of the Colts. Right. Well, maybe, maybe the reverse can happen around. now. Clearly. Doesn't seem like that's Junior's personality, though, unfortunately. Seems to be a pretty fun-loving, easygoing guy, but damn, damn him, damn him! If he if he's just gonna side with whatever team drafts him, what is he thinking, George? Who does that these days? Come on, franchise! Come on, the Manning family did it. It worked for Eli. It worked for John Elway. Unfortunately, why can't it work for you, (laughs) Marvin? Commit (laughs) to the franchise, Marvin. That's right. That's right. It's a family here. It's a family. Stay true to the family. As the Godfather, don't go against the family. Right, exactly. That's, that's the one and only time I'll, I'll impersonate the Godfather. <laughs> that that is for sure. All right, we got two statements left here, George. Let's go away from the players. Let's go to the coaching staff now. Mm-hmm. Colts obviously were one of five teams in 2023 with a head coaching change. Shane Steichen. You have Jonathan Gannon uh, in Arizona. Demeco Ryan's down there in Houston. Frank Reich in Carolina. Sean Payton out there in Denver. Okay, so let me ask you this. This is a a statement here. Is it true or blue? Shane Steichen will be top two out of the five here, new head coaches, in wins in 2023. So basically the Colts, Broncos, Panthers, Cardinals, Texans. The Colts will be either first or second in the win uh, total category for this upcoming season. I'll go first here. I will say blue. I think the Broncos will have a better season than the Colts. I think the Panthers will have a better season than the Colts. I'm... Look, this is shame on me, and I shouldn't go down the well. You know, as, as George Bush would say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Uh, you can't get fooled again. Well, I'm breaking the rule here. I'm about to possibly get fooled again. I picked the Broncos to win the Super Bowl last year. I'm not going down that path again. I think they will make the playoffs. So I think Russell Wilson will have a bounce back year, and a lot of that has to do with Sean Payton coming in. I think he's a really good offensive mind. I think there's still a lot of talent left with Russell Wilson. So I think he will get the most out of it. I like the offensive pieces they have, although last year's Colts-Broncos game would suggest otherwise. I think it was more of a coaching issue with Nathaniel Hackett than it was a talent issue. So I think Denver's prime for a bounce back here. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think the Panthers are just in a better spot. They have more talent, especially defensively, uh, that can have Bryce Young succeed. Again, Bryce Young, to me, is in a better spot to win games and perform well uh, compared to Anthony Richardson. And you look, the Colts... And the AFC South, I would argue, is the second easiest division in the NFL. The first, I would say, is, is the NFC South. And that's where the Panthers reside. So I think they'll get a lot more wins in the division or a few more wins in the division in a weaker NFC than the Colts will get um, in the AFC, especially in the AFC South. So I think 
the Broncos will be better. I think the Panthers will be better. So in terms of Shane Sykin being top two and wins of new head coaches in 2023, I will go blue. How about yourself? I agree. I'll go blue. And I'll even say, I think there's an outside chance Carolina wins the division. I would Ooh. probably put New Orleans a little bit ahead of them because Derek Carr's, you know, the veteran quarterback. But Atlanta, I think, has a lot of work to do. You know, they're, they're still on the come up. And Tampa Bay seems like they want Caleb Williams. I mean, that that's what it looks like over there. So we'll see how that all plays out, you know, one, once they get on the field. But I think there's a chance Carolina wins the division. And Denver, uh, I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but I can see them being in, in wild card contention again. Uh, and I can see them in a 9-10 win kind of a year, which I think is far above where the Colts are going to reach this year. So I, I still think third – I think Houston's got a lot, a lot of work to do. I think D'Amico Ryans is going to get that done eventually there, but I think they know they're in year one of a, of a pretty long rebuild. Uh, and then Arizona, it's a, it's a rough time in the desert. I'll just say that. So we're both in agreement that the Colts are third down on this list and they'll be better than the Texans, yeah. better than the Cardinals. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. They have more talent than both. And the Cardinals, look, I mean, not to go off too much of a tangent, you talk about the Buccaneers tanking for, for Caleb Williams. The Cardinals, in getting the Texans pick, by the way, I know Kyler Murray is – that deal is massive, and you they can't move off of him uh, in 2024, so it might be an awkward situation. We may have Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray in the same team, but you can, we can look at the Cardinals as having the top two picks in the draft. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? They're yeah. picking one and two. And then Jim Mercy's calling them every day, trying to get either one of them so he can get Marvin Jr., Knowing Jim Mercer, it's a huge trip to number one and then not get Caleb Williams, get Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. give up a boatload for him, and then have the Cardinals collect even more assets and then still get the quarterback that they want. Yeah, that's that would be Arizona. That would be. That absolutely would be. But boy, oh boy, yeah, they am having the top two picks next year. Absolutely realistic. And that's a fascinating decision. And what the hell you do? They take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. And then I would agree. But... What to do with, with Kyler. That's an I was looking at again. I know it's not Carl's pod, but this is an eighty-one million dollar cap hit in twenty twenty-four for for Kyler Murray. So that's yeah, well. I mean, the other thing is you just trade number one to somebody who wants Caleb, and then you take Harrison, and then you add a hundred thousand yeah. pieces with what you got. But it's a good spot to be in. They are, yeah, not, not, not for the twenty twenty-three season, right? And not for Jonathan Gannon and his hopes of getting you know a, a second yeah. year, maybe with that franchise knowing to have a quick trigger on whether it's first-time head coaches or even after getting an extension. One year after signing the extension, things not even dry. See you later, Cliff Kingsbury. So Jonathan Gannon, yeah, maybe a long, long season in the desert. That is for sure. But maybe a vacation in Tahiti coming up, right? And that works. <laughs> Cliff went to Thailand. I like that nice little Tahiti trip there for for Jonathan Gannon. That is for sure. So the Colts, yes, Texans and and Cardinals absolutely should be worse than them in 2023. All right, George, nine questions down. One to go. It's been all offense and head coaching centric. We got to give the defense though some love. One of the biggest question marks on defense going into 2023 is going to be the health and play of Shaq Leonard. Obviously, 2022 is basically outside of a handful of snaps. He was out for the entire year. So the statement is this for 2023: Shaq Leonard will have 120 tackles this season. For context, every year he's been healthy. He said at least 120 tackles. Will he reach that bar again in 2023, George? I'll be honest. I have no idea right now. I mean, there's such a vacuum out there of, of information, but I'm going to go with true for the simple reason that I'm not going to bet against this guy. I mean, we've seen what happens when people do. He seems extremely motivated right now. 
Uh, he's, he's heard all the doubts. He's heard all the questions. He seems an awful lot like he did when he came in as a rookie. And he's just determined to prove everybody wrong. So I don't know whether his body's physically going to let him do it. That's why I can't, you know, throw a lot of conviction into this. But I have learned in, what, since 2018 when he came here that you don't bet against Shaq Leonard. I would agree. I'm going to go true. I will put blind faith in him as well. Like you said, this is a guy that I think has a track record where he deserves to have the benefit of the doubt given to him. The Colts medical staff absolutely does not for, for previous endeavors. But for this instance, even though there's still a lot of cloudiness, there's still a lot of uncertainty when it comes to his health, how he's progressing. It's not your normal injury. Like when you're talking about a nerve, and a nerve in your back affecting how your ankle and your leg feels. I mean, that's, it's impossible to project. Even with now having a second surgery, you know, midway through the year, how he's going to recover from that and how fast he can get back on the field because there's no real normal timeline for that sort of injury and that sort of surgery. But you mentioned that's a guy that you don't really bet against. Every year he's been healthy and on the field, he has produced, again, 120 tackles every single year he's been basically healthy. Uh, and even in years, he's not been healthy. You know, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He's gutting it out on one leg. He's still uh, a destroyer. He's still someone who is still making a massive impact on the field. So I think he will play uh, a large part of the season. I think he will be back to his disruptive self. Maybe not a first team all pro level, like we've seen a lot from his career, but I still think a guy that's pro bowl caliber in 2023, still maybe, you know, working his way back early on in the season after basically missing an entire year. But I think when it's all said and done, end of the season, I think we'll see him still racking up tackles in the stat sheet and still have over 120. That's a guy that I think you're 100% right. When it comes to giving blind loyalty to, I think Shaq Leonard right now is one of the few Colts that deserve that. One of the the few like positive signs I've seen, I guess, you want to read into things, uh, that first day of rookie minicamp, he and Tyquan Lewis were doing rehab work in the in, inside uh, facility, which is right adjacent to the to the outdoor practice fields. And they pulled up chairs and were sitting there watching rookie minicamp. And you know why. And they <laughs> guess as to what they were watching. But that didn't seem like a guy who was, you know, concerned about where he's at and worried about his ability to play. It seemed like a guy wanting to check out his new quarterback and getting excited for the season. So, you know, it doesn't mean a ton in, in the big picture. Uh, but it's just one little thing that I thought felt like to me there's some confidence on his part right now. I like that. It's a good observation because you're right. You you see most athletes that if they are injured or working their way back, mostly focus on themselves and, and doing everything possible in the offseason to get healthy and ready to go. So if, even if it's a small, again, a small window and a small example of him sitting and watching rookie mini, you know, mini camp for a few hours or even a few minutes, it's still like it's if he's able to focus on others and not totally focus on himself, that has to at least, like I said, hint that his health is progressing in a way where now he can start to focus on Others focus on the team and not just be solely focused on getting his body back to where it needs to be for him to be a, a full contributor for this team. So I love this time of the year because we take very, very small instances, whether it's Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson having a catch in the hotel parking lot or or Shaq Leonard pulling up a chair to watch rookie minicamp. I love this time because we could take small little glimpses and extrapolate them to mean 120 tackles for Shaq Leonard and Josh Downs being the second leading receiver in terms of catches in 2023. That's why I love this time of the year. And heaven forbid that the owner sends out another emoji. I mean, that that's the really, that's the, the Rosetta stone here. That's where we really can read into things. That's true.
That's a very, very true statement. So we had 10 statements there. George and I are in agreement. We believe these statements are true. Anthony Richardson will start week one against the Jaguars. Josh Downs, second leading receiver in terms of receptions on this team. Bernard Ryman, breakout season. Context-wise, he'll be a guy that we feel very good about this time next year as being at least bare minimum the answer at left tackle going forward. Uh, what else do we believe that's true? 120 tackles for Shaq Leonard. We both are on that. Statements that we both believe are blue, untrue. Shane Steichen having the second most wins uh, amongst new head coaches. We both believe the Broncos and Panthers will be better win-wise than the Colts in 2023. Um, Anthony Richardson having more touchdown passes than interceptions. We both believe that's not going to happen. He'll have more picks. Although, George, you mentioned, and it looks like you, I would probably say you're right on this, that he'll have more total touchdowns if you include rushing touchdowns, more total touchdowns than interceptions. But we limited to just passing more interceptions than touchdowns are both uh, on that train and the areas we disagree in. You said Bernard Ryman is the second most important player on offense after Anthony Richardson. I will go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think Anthony Richardson will surpass the 52.8 completion percentage. That was Josh Allen's completion percentage his rookie year. You say it's going to be a little tick below that. And that is it. I think we've covered all 10 right there agreements and believing that they're true agreements at the statements are going to be false and disagreements where one of them we believe is true. One of them we do believe is false, true or blue, George, what do we think for the debut of this new uh, fun little segment on the blue horseshoe pod? True. It was, I get it. <laughs> it's out. No, I, you know, I think it's fun. I think it's something we can do again this off season because uh, there's a lot of time until opening kickoff. Even that first preseason game is still August 12th. So uh, it's just weird, you know, the way the, the calendar goes, because thinking about it today, it's the last next week's the last week of school for my daughter. OK, they went school way back in training camp. So, you know, wow. it's just and now the next season is still as far away as the start of the school year. So it it's all just like messing with my head right now about how far away this really is. You know, I also get in terms of the baseball season too. baseball season just started. Right. You're, you're in the second month. By the time the NFL regular season starts, they'll be in the playoff push. So, like, it, it's a still, it's a ways away. Still a ways away, just under three months from the first preseason game. If you want to, you know, kind of count down that. Basically, really two and a half months away from training camp gets started yeah. in late in late July. So, it's like, yes, in a, in a way, it's very far away, but also – it's one of those things where, as you know, summer flies by very quickly. Right. Next thing you know, you look up, it's like, holy cow, training camp is next week. Like, and then there goes your summer. So it's one of those where we're far away, but also it comes at you and it, you know, sneaks up on you very, very open, quickly. We get open media practices next week. So in some ways it's really quick. Like that's because uh, they start that portion of OTAs where they're actually practicing, where it's sort of like training camp. Uh, we get an, one a week for the next three weeks starting next week. So That'll be a fun window, too, to, to kind of see. You know, I'm sure no one will be comparing snaps between Minshew and Richardson and, you know, none of that. But it'll give us some more things to talk about. Social media, George, overanalyzing rookie OTA snaps. I've never seen in my life. Never, never. heard of that. Well, never. <laughs> uh, so even though we're still far ways away, I would love to hear your thoughts here as you listen to the pod of what you think statement is the most true of the 10 we discussed. Which is the most blue? Let us know on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Pod. Subscribe right in the comment section. The, the statement you think is the most true or the most blue. YouTube, or I should say, wherever you get your pods, leave us a comment in the comment section as well. Or send us an email. 
bluehorseshoepod at gmail.com. Bluehorseshoepod at gmail.com. Let us know which statement of the 10 you think is most true, which statement you think is most blue, a.k.a. untrue. Love to hear your thoughts on that as well as we give the guarantee to be right, George. Impossible to be wrong. Four-month-away predictions for the 2023 NFL Colts season. Crystal ball, basically. I mean, just take all these as locks, um, except for the ones we split on, which I guess one of us has to be right on two of them. So there's that's that. true. And I know people, I have friends that hedge their bets literally where they will say, Oh, I like the over. Actually, well, also the under is kind of true. Let's just sprinkle a little there. You can't um, be wrong. You're gonna win no matter what. <laughs> get it all the way there. Either this is gonna be a really good season or a really bad season, or it might be somewhere in between. That's so far. 2023 has been kind to the predictions for the Blue Horseshoe Pod. And I think that luck will continue here with these 10 predictions, without a doubt. It has. Again, the the phrase of the year, manage expectations. Manage expectations, except for when we both are predicting right. Take that to the bank. Lock it up. Guaranteed to be right. We may change the name of the pod to manage expectations. (laughs) That's not going to be at this point. Welcome to the Manage Expectations pod. <laughs> that rolls right off the tongue. It does, doesn't it? Oh, that'll boy. Get, that'll get the numbers up. A lot of people are heating going. up. People need to look out. We are we are catching fire. Speaking the of which, thank you for bringing that up, George. We are just a few subscribers shy of 600 on YouTube. So if you have not subscribed yet, go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Very easy. It does us a favor by getting our numbers up. It does you a favor as well by not missing out on any single show, we're here every single Tuesday throughout the offseason as things ramp up, as we get to training camp, then we're going to do two or three times a week. But also, George, as you know, when news breaks, when practices happen now, we have multiple pods a week as well. So even though it's consistently every single Tuesday, we may have one week a Thursday pod, a little bonus edition, a Friday pod. We've done that in, in the last few weeks as well. So that's why subscribing on YouTube, subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, does us a favor, but also you a favor by never missing an episode. No one's staying up to date with everything Blue Horseshoe Pie. So be the guide or gal that helps get us to 600, a badge of honor, wear it proudly, and help get us there as well as we're cl- slowly climbing. Like you said, George is right. We're, we're rising up the charts here. So get on the bandwagon before it's too late. Before the bus is filled and the bandwagon is filled, Get your seat, get your reservation early now and be one of the first before the Blue Horseshoe goes to the moon. Yeah, you want to you gotta get on now. You want to be a fan before we go mainstream and, and, and sell out. You got to get ahead of us. <laughs> the, the window here. Yeah, before George starts wearing sponsorship hats and polos yeah. and have True or Blue sponsored by so-and-so coffee, sponsored by so-and-so work supplies, which is also sponsored by, you know, hey, you need some fresh eats? Here's this website. So if you want to get out, you know, get ahead of it now, That now's the time. Now's the time. You can say that you were a fan way back when, at the beginning. Before George Ryan sold that. I like that. <laughs> it's like buying Apple stock in the 80s, man. I mean, that that's what's going on right here. Jump on board right now. Get your foot in the door while you still can. So that'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. As always, we really do appreciate you making us a a part of your week right here and tuning in for some Colts coverage. We will be back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.